today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Storms, trials, quite often they take you right up to the breaking point, right? Because I can't take it anymore. I can't make it another day. I can't do this anymore. I can't handle it anymore. I'm at the end. And storms will, will test your structural integrity. They'll test the structural integrity of your faith, of your emotions, of your relationships, of your marriage, of your family. As the disciples struggled through the storm on the Sea of Galilee, it must have been a terrifying assault on their senses, on top of the emotional distress. The sound of their boat on the verge of breaking up would have been enough to shake many to their core. As Pastor Dan will point out in today's message, they were at their breaking point. They were desperate and feeling hopeless. That's the moment that Christ came, unaffected by the storm. And when they called out in their fear, He came to their rescue. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 14 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. We were on this boat, and our captain of our boat, we were talking about the storms on the Sea of Galilee, and he mentioned that he had had two vessels capsize in a storm on the Sea of Galilee uh, while we're on a boat with him in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. It's like, you know, it's like a pilot telling you that he's crashed two planes, uh, but come on board, you're ready for takeoff kind of thing. Uh, but you know, these, the, the wind just comes down without warning, uh, and, it, and it kicks up the sea there, and you can have this huge storm, huge waves, just seemingly out of nowhere. And what happens with these disciples is, you know, when they, they left and they began to sail across the Sea of Galilee, heading back home to Capernaum, uh, conditions were good, conditions were calm, it was smooth sailing initially, And then without warning, this windstorm drops down on the Sea of Galilee, and suddenly they found themselves in a windstorm and in this storm on the Sea of Galilee. And it's blowing against them. It's blowing blowing them off course. And they've got huge waves now crashing against the boat. And they're in trouble. And isn't that usually how storms come in your life? Right? You, you, don't, you don't have on your calendar, like, hey, next Wednesday I've got a crisis that's going to come into my life. It's scheduled. It's never scheduled. It just comes out of nowhere. And it's, and it's just suddenly something's happened. Suddenly you're in a trial. Suddenly you get a phone call. Suddenly, and, and you find yourself, now, now I'm in the middle of a storm. 24 hours ago I wasn't. Now today... I am, and I'm in the middle of this storm, and I'm just caught now uh, in this storm, and you get blindsided by it. Uh, If you look again at John 6, verse 19, it tells us uh, they rode about three or four miles. Uh, So they made made it about three or four miles 
Uh, The other Gospels say that they were in the middle of the sea. They were in the middle of the sea. So they're in the middle. There's no safe harbor for them. There's no easy way out of this. You know, they can't go back. They can't go forward. I mean, they're in the middle of it. And again, that's how storms work. That's how trials work so often in our lives. There's just no, there's no exit. Where you're just stuck in the middle of it. And you just have to, you just have to persevere through it. Now go back to Matthew 14. We want to look at that again. Matthew 14. And look at verse 24. Matthew 14, 24. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea. Tossed. By the waves, for the wind was contrary. The wind was against them. The wind was pushing them away from their destination. They're straining now with the oars, trying to get to their destination, but they're not making very good headway. And storms in life can push you off course. Sometimes storms can push you way off course. Sometimes storms can push you off course so far that it takes you years to recover and get back on course and here they're now they're rowing you know they're in this boat and they are rowing their hearts out trying to keep this thing afloat trying to keep this thing on course and it says now note this if you're a note taker verse 24 the word tossed and it's and it's speaking of the boat here the boat was tossed by the waves, that, that word tossed there, it, it means, uh, it means to, to distress. It means to test the structural integrity or to test the soundness of something. Same word is used elsewhere to describe torture. And this is talking about the boat, right? It's talking about the boat they're in. This boat is taking such a beating in this storm from the waves that the boat now is at the point that the structural integrity of the boat is being tested. The, the boat is almost to its breaking point in this storm. And who knows what kind of you know, creaking and crackling and straining noises the boat's making, right? Under, under the strain and the pressure of these waves beating against it. And now the boat is almost to its breaking point. Now, back in, uh, back in 1975, how many of you were alive in 1975? Second service, nobody's going to raise their hand. <laughs> They're all sleeping right now. <laughs> 1975, there was a ship on the Great Lakes called the Edmund Fitzgerald. Some of you remember the Gordon Lightfoot song. Edmund Fitzgerald was the largest ship, freighter ship on the Great Lakes. It was the, you know, the flagship of the fleet kind of thing. Uh, and the Edmund Fitzgerald on November 10th, 1975, it sank on Lake Superior. Literally, there was another boat in the area that was, that was tracking with it. And the other ship captain said the lights were there one moment and then the lights were gone. And they weren't sure what happened to the ship. Uh, eventually, the Navy sent down divers to try to investigate uh, the wreckage on the bottom of Lake Superior. And what they found was the ship literally just snapped in half. 729-foot freighter at 26,000 pounds of iron ore in its, in its cargo. And just from the, the weight, and they, they estimate that the waves that night were 30 to 35 feet. 
And just from the stress of that storm, it literally just snapped this giant freighter in two pieces. And it sits on the bottom of Lake Superior in two, just two intact sections just snapped in half. You know, the, the structural integrity of that ship could not withstand that storm. And it broke in two. And here are these disciples in a little wooden boat. And their boat is now at the breaking point in this storm. Now, turn with me over to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Now, here's Mark's account. And you you Bible nerds like me, you're going to love this. Mark chapter 6, verse 7. Now, when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, And he was alone on the land, verse 48. Then Jesus saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. So Jesus could see the disciples, they're straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. That word straining there, it's the same Greek word that's used to describe the boat in Matthew chapter 14. In other words, the disciples were at their breaking point too. This storm was testing their structural integrity. Their structural strength. And they're at the point now where they have rode and rode and rode and they're at their breaking point. And again, storms, trials, quite often they take you right up to the breaking point, right? Is I can't take it anymore. I can't make it another day. I can't do this anymore. I can't handle it anymore. I'm at the end. And storms will, will test your structural integrity. They'll test the structural integrity of your faith, of your emotions, of your relationships, of your marriage, of your family. And there's just so much pressure and so much strain Trials can take us all the way up to our breaking point. And I want you to notice here that it's when the disciples were at their breaking point that that's when Jesus, Jesus came to them. And he rescued them from the storm. He allowed them to get all the way up to that, that breaking point. He didn't allow them to, to go beyond that. He didn't allow this storm to just break them completely and destroy them. He, he allowed them to go all the way up to that breaking point, And then Jesus came and he rescued them from the storm. And, and Jesus will do that. Jesus will he'll allow that storm to do its work in our lives. And it'll, it'll put pressure on us. And it'll put a strain on us. And a strain on our emotions. A strain on our faith. A strain on our marriage. A strain on our family. Every aspect of life. Take us all the way up to our breaking point where we think, I, I can't take it. I can't. I can't get out of bed today. I just can't deal with this one more day. But then he comes. He comes and he rescues. Look what it says. Verse 48, again, Mark chapter 6. Verse 48. He saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. Jesus comes in the fourth watch of the night. Now, the fourth watch was from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Now, remember, this trip started right after dinner the night before. 
And so these disciples have been in this storm for hours. Maybe eight or nine hours. They've been stuck, rowing their hearts out, trying to keep this thing on course, trying to keep the ship together, trying to keep it from breaking apart, trying to keep themselves afloat. To the point now that they're at the breaking point. That's a long time. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. You know, we don't don't like to talk about storms in a long time, you know, in the same sentence. We don't like that. You know, we want to become in the first watch. You know, as soon as the wind starts to kick up a little bit, come Lord Jesus, right? But there's a process that he's putting them through. And the process is important. It's terrible. It's awful to go through that process. But the process is important because of what it produces in the disciples. Now look at verse 48 again. They saw, he saw that they were straining at rowing. For the wind was, con- was contrary, was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, just before daybreak, he came to them walking on the sea. And look what it says. And he would have what? Passed them by. What? Jesus is just out there walking around on the sea. He doesn't go straight to their boat. But he's there. He's there. He's out there on the sea with them, watching over them, as a good shepherd does, watching his sheep. He promises he'll never leave them nor forsake them. And he's there with them in the storm. You know, uh, there's a great verse back in Isaiah 43. If you're a note taker, you can jot it down. Isaiah 43, verses 1 and 2. Listen, just listen to what they say. This is the Lord speaking. But now thus says the Lord, Jehovah, who created you, O Jacob, and who formed you, O Israel, fear not. What's the Lord going to say? It is I. Don't be afraid. Fear not. This is the Lord speaking. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've purchased you. Remember what we talked about during communion? Romans 8.32. He's offered his son. He's certainly going to freely give us all things because he, he paid the highest price for us. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Then the Lord says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And here you have the Lord with them as they're passing through the waters. They're his. He's called them. They belong to him. And he is with them in the storm. He promises to be with them, and he is with them. Jesus is with us in the storm. He's with us in the storm. 
He may not be in the boat sitting next to you, but he's in the storm with you. As you're passing through the waters, he's with you. Look at verse 49 now. Now, when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost. (laughs) And they cried out. They screamed is the idea. Uh, You know, like you would if you saw a ghost, right? You'd scream. When the disciples saw Jesus, they didn't think, oh, good, Jesus is here. Now everything's going to be okay. They weren't expecting Jesus to show up in their storm. And when Jesus comes to them, they don't think, maybe that's Jesus walking on the water. They think, that's got to be a ghost. And they start screaming because they think it's a ghost. They aren't looking for or expecting Jesus to walk to them and and come to them in the midst of their storm. I mean, just try to picture this scene in your mind. It's nighttime. Have you ever been out on a boat at nighttime? That alone is a little bit uh, scary. It's nighttime. You know, they started out well, smooth sailing. Then suddenly now they're in this storm. It's blowing them off course. They've got waves crashing into the boat. Uh, The boat is almost to its breaking point. They've been trying for hours and hours and hours to stay the course. They're rowing away. They're at the breaking point physically and emotionally. And then kind of through the darkness, they see something. You know, this image, you know, kind of going up and down on the waves. And you see it when it's at the top of the wave. Then it drops down in the trough and you lose sight of it and it comes back up again. And they see that and they wonder, what is that thing? They never think, maybe it's Jesus. They think it's a ghost. And they start screaming. They start freaking out. They didn't expect Jesus to show up in their storm. How about you? When you're in a storm, you're in a trial, do you expect Jesus to show up? Do you expect him to show up? When you're, when you're in a trial, do you, do you ask the question, well, well, where's Jesus in this? Where, where can I see Jesus in this storm? Where can I see Jesus in this trial? Listen, when you're going through a trial, you should look for Jesus. Look for Jesus. Look for Jesus to show up and call upon him. You know, a lot of times when we're going through a trial, people try to give us like, uh, you know, a pep talk or some kind of advice to make us feel better. You know, they say things like, well, look for the silver lining, (laughs) right? Or look for the positive. What's the positive? Is there anything positive that you can take from it? Don't don't look for the silver lining. Look for Jesus. A silver lining's not going to help you. Looking for something positive coming out of it, that's not going to help you. Look for Jesus. Call out to him. You know, he's there with us in the trial. He's with us as we're passing through the sea. You know, I I would say, too, sometimes when we're going through a trial, we're just so busy just trying to hold on and make it through the trial that we don't think to look for Jesus, right? You're just trying to get through it. I I remember, uh, you know, a few years ago, my dad passed away, as many of you know, uh, and I was just kind of dealing with that, going through the grief of losing your father, you know, kind of thing. Uh, and we have good friends that, uh, the, uh, that her, the wife, her dad died about the same time. And a few months after my dad died, her dad died, uh, she was talking to my wife, Cameron, and, w- and, was re- and was telling Cameron about this book that she was reading about heaven and how much it was helping her deal with the grief of losing her father, 
uh, just focusing on heaven and where her father is right now kind of thing. And then she asks, what's Dan doing to help him get through the grief of, of his father dying? And I had to say, I'm not really doing anything. You know, I'm just kind of walking through it. And it never dawned on me like, hey, well, I could be looking for Jesus in this, you know, and thinking and setting my mind on heaven and on things above instead of the things of this earth. Uh, and, and I'm a pastor, right? I should be getting that right, but I wasn't getting it right. You know, and I, th- I think sometimes we just sort of hold on for dear life, waiting for the storm to get over. And we should be looking for Jesus. So go back to John chapter 6 and we'll finish up here. John chapter 6, verse 20. They see Jesus, they're afraid, they think it's a ghost. They start screaming. Jesus said, it is I, do not be afraid. Then they willingly received him into the boat. And immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. So here's another miracle in verse 21. As soon as they invite Jesus into the boat, the storm ceased and they're at the land safe and sound. Now, Matthew's gospel tells us that the disciples, once, once they came through the storm and they're at the land safe and sound, that the disciples worshipped Jesus saying, truly, you are the Son of God. That's what they learned from this storm. You know, there's another storm earlier in the gospels where Jesus is in the boat with them. You guys know that story. And remember, they get caught in the storm, similar scene, and they think that they're going to die. They wake Jesus up and they say, don't you care that we're perishing? And then Jesus stands up and he rebukes, it says, the wind and the waves. And then the disciples said, who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? Who is this guy? Now they go into a second storm. It's kind of like, how remember how like in high school you took like Spanish 1 and then you took Spanish 2? Right? This is storm one and storm two. And the first storm, they're asking the question, who is this that the wind and the waves obey him? Second storm, they come out of that second storm saying, truly, you're the son of God. We know who you are now. See, this storm revealed Jesus to them in a much deeper way. They had a much deeper understanding of who he is and his, his power. And so when they come through this storm now, the first thing they do after the storm is over is they worshiped Jesus. They worshiped him. Again, how about us? We come through a storm. We come through a trial quite often. Trial's over, moving on, on to the next thing. Take the time to worship him. Take the time to give him thanks and praise for bringing you through that trial, for surviving it. You know, look for Jesus in the storm, call upon him in the storm, and then once you come through the trial, worship him for safely bringing you through the storm to your destination. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring sure than the finest crystal. Thanks for joining Pastor Dan Sexton today to study the book of 1 John on Ring of Truth. This New Testament letter encourages its readers to grow in faith, to set aside personal agendas, and unite in a pursuit of God's plans. The author wants those who follow Christ to experience Him fully, as well as experience the beautiful gift of a church community. 
Having a body of believers around you to support and encourage you in your personal walk with Christ is important. You'll also find that a body of believers is somewhere you can be Jesus' hands and feet to others. Are you part of a church? If not, we want to encourage you to find one soon. If you're in the Baltimore, Washington area, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just a few minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. You can find out more at our website, calvaryec.com. You can also give us a call for more information. Our phone number is 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We're honored to be able to share God's Word with you through each edition of Ring of Truth. If you'd like to listen to additional teachings from this series, you'll find them at calvaryec.com. That's all for now. Join us next time for more on Ring of Truth. I recognize the hands that crack